I'm speaking with Emmy and Grammy-nominated composer uh, Ramin Javadi, who is behind the music of Game of Thrones, person of interest, uh, recently scored uh, Medal of Honor Warfighter, as well as the film uh, Red Dawn. Thanks so much for talking with me today, Ramin. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so I, I guess, you know, we talked uh, a while ago, so we have all your, your, I have your backstory and everything. So I guess we'll just dive right into uh, Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. When you first started the series, you know, it's going into season three now, but how did you determine what that fictional world uh, would sound like? And how did you find the, the soundscape for that universe? Um, well, the, uh, the producers were obviously a, a big part of it. They had uh, such a, a great vision for, for what they wanted in the show. And obviously with being fantasy, semi-period, you know, whatever you want to call it, they, they mm-hmm. had certain ideas of things that they didn't want to do. So that definitely helped me already in eliminating some things. For example, they, they said, we don't really want flutes or like the solo vocal, like things that are very common in in the genre, like with Lord of the Rings or Gladiator, things that have been very successfully successfully done. So they said, we want to, try to find our own sound for this so that you know what could that be so um one of the the big instruments turned out to be actually the the solo cello that that has been uh, obviously all over the show including the main title mm-hmm, yeah um so it was things like that just trying to find our own sounds you know, some even some minor organic electronic kind of things and and percussive elements and it's uh it was definitely a challenge um, yeah, yeah. and on, on top of this obviously you know there's so many characters and Plots and this and that, so to, to make feel, find a good structure for that, that it's not too confusing was uh, was quite a challenge, but so much fun. Right. I mean, you you say that it's a very um, it's not I don't want to say a dense show, but it's just very intricate and uh, very involving, and it's uh, a lot of dialogue. You know, it's not it's not a super actiony uh, show. Is that mm-hmm. a challenge for a composer to make sense of all that material and translate that musically? Well, definitely. I mean, it's this show. It's very hard to spot. We always um, realize when we when we spot the episode that it's so tricky to even find spots, especially in the in the earlier episodes. Because the way I look at this show, it, that it's basically it's ten episodes, but it's like a ten hour movie. So there is, you know, you have the, the the intro of it all, and then it just builds and builds and builds and builds. So naturally. Uh, there's less music in the beginning and then it really builds up. And then usually by episode eight, nine and 10, then it's pretty packed with music. But in the beginning, it's, it's very tough. And yeah, like you said, there is so much dialogue in there. Many times it doesn't need any music, or sometimes we spot music and then I write something and we review it and then we watch it and go like, Hmm, maybe we should just take it out. <laughs> so that has happened definitely several times where we just ended, ended up muting it. Um, or if you stay in with music, you obviously have to be very aware of, not getting in the way of dialogue, but still helping tell the story. Right. So it's you know, quite a challenge. And you said you, you approach it like a, a 10-hour movie. Um, and I've talked to a couple of composers who worked on, on miniseries and kind of HBO series. Uh, Jeff, Nell- Jeff Nelly, for one, talked about Pacific. Um, and I asked him, do you work on kind of one episode at a time, or do you try to get a whole kind of arc for the entire season in perspective first before you uh, attempt writing for a season? Well, it kind of depends on on the what what the state they're in in, in the in post production. So in the uh, let me think back. I think in the first season, I saw the first two episodes, 
and started working based on what I saw there and then obviously based on conversations with, with uh, what my producers were telling me, where we were heading and everything. Um, and then in season two, I actually had uh, quite, a, quite a few episodes available to me there where I really saw what's going on and where we're heading and so I, I could plan quite well. Actually, mm-hmm. it was really... Uh, it was really great because I could see, okay, in episode six, there's this big event and I better set this up in episode one with, even if you just get a 30, 30 second snippet of it, but it will become this big piece. So that was great. Right. Right. And, uh, I think one of the most memorable things, I think of game of Thrones when I tune in every Sunday night is the opening title, the, the main theme, the, um, and you've worked on, you know, many TV shows like prison break and, you know, person of interest uh, and you've been nominated twice for best theme uh, for Emmys uh, how important is a main theme for a television show well I um, <laughs> I always like to say actually that the the main title is supposed to get you from wherever you are in the house at the moment is it in the kitchen or in the hallway or something <laughs> if you hear that main title on TV you, you know you, I want people to go oh my show is on I gotta <laughs> I gotta go in the living room and sit down and watch it so I think it's it's supposed to uh, really be the the essence of a show and 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 the key opponent that that really tells you this this is my favorite show and I'm getting ready to enjoy this now. And do you there there I mean there's different variations of I mean you, there's a show like Lost where the main theme is you know, eight seconds long. Is there a do you have a preference for making a big kind of elaborate opening title or do you prefer to keep it short? Um, Does it depend on the no, show? I, well, yeah, well, no, definitely depends on the show. And I think in in with with the example on Lost, I mean, it, it's it's a great example of how something can be done in a different approach without having a minute and a half of a long theme or anything. And and even that, I, you can argue that this you hear this piece and you will say, oh, Lost is on, I got to go in. So it whatever it is that 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 draws your attention, I think is key. So it doesn't matter on the length. Um, Sure. I mean, as a composer, do I prefer a longer piece? Absolutely. So I can get a couple more notes then. So that's for sure. <laughs> so um, yeah. And then in case of Game of Thrones, that was it was wonderful. I had this um, uh, this great visual, obviously, to work with, and I, they showed me an, an early stage, and I was just blown away of of the graphics that they were working on, and that got me so inspired to uh, to to write this piece. And uh, I've, I mean, throughout the show, I've noticed that you've referenced. That, that melody a little bit. And I know composers, they sometimes they reference the, the main theme into the body of the score, and in some cases they, they completely ignore it. It's its own separate entity. What is your take? How does the title theme fit into the main body of the score throughout a show's run? Yeah, I think it's... Um, I like to treat it as kind of a like, a... like a global theme, because it is, you know, the intro to the show, and it's the, the, a, a global theme to the show. So I think it's a very good tool to use... In in certain moments, of, actually, for example, to to jump to Prison Break, the entire first season, we did not use the main title theme until the very very end of the last episode when they when they were when they broke out and then we said you know what this has this is a special moment, let's use the main theme, um, and actually similar in Game of Thrones as well where the the main title rarely gets used but then as the show progresses. Uh, I start using it, and I even weave it into different characters, or just use the the submotif with some of the characters' theme. But the the submotif of the main title is in there, and and usually around episode nine or ten, that's when it starts showing up. So we always kind of keep it as a as a special treat. I know when I hear it come up, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
And you're, so you're working now, you're doing a, both a cable show and a network show with person of interest. What are the same uh, main differences between the two in terms of kind of workload and, and scheduling? Um, well, I, I want to say that maybe Game of Thrones, I probably have a little bit more time. Um, it's not, even though it airs weekly, the, the way they have their schedule set up is that I actually have, I want to say maybe two weeks to do an episode, sometimes even a bit more, sometimes less, but it definitely varies a bit more because the, and that's just because the way they have their, uh, post-production set up, which is they actually shoot all the episodes first. So they, when we start working, they already have all 10 episodes pretty much in the cans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minus special effects, obviously, and, and things like that. But, but so there is, like I said earlier, I, there's more episodes available to watch and, and that where it's in, um, in person of interest there, I think they're only a couple of episodes ahead of me. So I think when I work on episode five, I think they might be shooting nine, I believe. I don't know. But so they're not that, not that much ahead. So that that's pretty tight. And that's on literally on a weekly basis. And how much how much music do you think is per episode of a show like Person of Interest? Is it more or less than something like Game of Thrones? Um, yeah, it, it varies. The um, I, I'm trying to think. I think Person of Interest had... I think it can have anywhere between 25 and sometimes up to 35 minutes. Um, many times there's a song at the end, but uh, lately even we haven't had that, so then it can definitely get up to 35. And in um, Game of Thrones, I think some of the early episodes, we, we even had some episodes where there was maybe 20 minutes of music in an episode, and that's even a, an hour show. It's not only... 45 minutes with commercial that's a full hour show with no breaks right yeah um so that feels really light but but again like we discussed earlier i think because of the the dialogue and the interesting plot it's just it's it's actually important to sometimes stay away with music and then when you bring it in it really means something and uh Um, oh sorry but does, does your process change at all for a network or cable because network show you have commercial breaks and you have kind of like act you know, parts as the the commercials go through versus Game of Thrones, which kind of just goes nonstop. Does that change your approach and your procedures at all a little bit? Not really. I mean, obviously the the uh, the act outs is something you have to always set up and and create a build towards the the, the commercials. But um, other than that, I I treat all the projects the same with the themes and and the character themes and plot themes. And and the great thing about person of interest is that you have even even though it, it is a weekly episode uh you have these great throughputs with uh with the, those characters where you they give you just a little bit more every episode so you have that throughput that you want to find out more about them so this you can really with the music can just keep that going as well so it's mm-hmm. great and you also got to uh, jump in now to a little bit of a Medal of Honor, uh, touch on that a little bit. Um, how was it like to kind of return to that world? To you, you know, you created the Sonic universe for that, kind of with the reboot with, in 2010, I think that came out. And mm-hmm. so, how was it like returning? Did you try to con- is it continue that soundscape or restart from from the beginning? No, definitely it wasn't a restart. I mean, we. Um, I think it's a good mix. It's uh, it was. Uh, First of all, it was great to to uh, to work with EA again and 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 the guys because it's such a great team. And um, what was nice was that that on the first one, yeah, we we kind of set up the soundscape and the themes. So then on this one, we decided to to create a mix, meaning that we 
sometimes we decided to fall back on the old themes, but then the um, the the new plot actually naturally allowed me to there was room for new themes, so it was nice to to develop that even further and and then also use some of the old themes and create new arrangements for them. And I think overall the the, the Warfighter is is a bit darker than the first one, so there was uh, a lot of dark emotion in there and dark dark things. So it, it kind of naturally uh, went into slightly different direction, but mm-hmm. but overall it's definitely the same vibe as the first one. And kind of like looking over everything kind of as a whole, as a storyteller, um, which your music I love so much. It just, I've been listening to it for a very long time. So, you know, growing up and, and it helps me as, because I'm not a musician. I'm a, you know, I, I, but as a writer, a screenplay, you know, it helps me write in that sense. Um, but what gets your creative juices flowing? Music is kind of my creative thing, but for a musician looking at a, you know, is it the plot, the setting, the characters? You know, I know it's a mix of everything, but where do you really start to build your music around? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's kind of a little bit of everything because I obviously I get influence even from when I get a script. I I sit there and I actually when I read a script, I it usually takes me a little longer just because when I, as I read it, I already music comes to my head and I try to imagine, okay, how could this scene be? Well, what what could we do here? Um, so that's usually always the start, or even just a conversation with a producer when, when they say, "Oh, we should do this or this," and then already that can be very inspiring. But then, actually, another big thing for me is is the actual visual. I'm, for some reason, I'm very visual. So when I see something, even the color of um, of the picture can influence me immensely. For example, on Safe House, the director had done an amazing job with how he had shot the film and how he had. The, the characters act and everything and when I when I saw the actual film I was uh, I was so inspired mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it had to do with color so I, for some reason I see notes in color so maybe that's why that's uh, that's a relationship yeah. to me there I I, mean, I agree when I hear certain uh, music uh, a lot of colors come through in terms of I don't know just when I'm listening to it I'm like that you know it kind of matches the cinematography and everything like that so I understand that completely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's a hard thing to describe. It's uh, I always I always talk to my wife about it, and she always asks me like, you know, how do you how do you hear these notes or these these melodies? And I think I don't know. It's just it's the, the colors that even even it, it might influence me to write it in a certain key. Um, and so that's just what it does to me. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess to wrap up, last time we spoke, I asked you. Um, if you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer, which film would you choose? And you said Magnificent Seven. Is that is that still your <laughs> is that still your same answer, or would you like to change it? Um, you know what? Actually, okay. How about this? I um, uh, it it is still the same answer, but let's let's rechange it maybe to to just set the set it clear for the record because it's if I were to rescore it, I know for a fact that I can't make it better. So maybe of just course, because yeah. it's absolutely my favorite film so maybe if i if i was just allowed to re-record it or something so that it says music by elmer brentine and re-recorded by marine or something that i just i'm allowed to be a part of it because that film is the reason why i went into into film music and um and actually i i'll i'll never forget my dad um because i loved western so much he used to tape them for me at night when he would come home and they would be on tv with tape and one night he said one day he said you know, last night the film was on and I taped it for you, but I only caught the end of it. So it turned out this was Magnificent Seven, and it was only the last 40 minutes. And this was back in the day with VHS tapes and everything. Mm-hmm. So it 
somehow the tape recorder had screwed up, so it was only in black and white. But I loved it so much, and I watched it every day. <laughs> so that movie has a very, very special place in my heart. <laughs> and, and the music, too, obviously. I mean, that really triggered for me to do what I do now. Uh, yeah, uh, Western is my... Spaghetti Westerns are my favorite. I love uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, I think, is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great film. And, uh, I mean, I know... And I can't wait for, I mean, next year Hans is working on Lone Ranger, so I can't wait for that. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be great, yeah. Um, that, that's going to be great, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for your time, Ramin. I know you're very busy, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk, and it was a great pleasure and honor to talk to you again. No, thanks so much. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, and, and again, thanks for having me.